0: The gospel message for today is the text for the sermon. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory Glory to you, you, O Lord. Lord. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net (coughs) into the sea. For they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in the boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today's message is the gospel lesson from Mark chapter 1 that we read just a few moments ago. And as we start today, it begs us to actually peek and take a look at how Mark starts out this gospel. It is this simple statement, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ the Son of God. The focus of Mark's gospel is that you see that Jesus is the Christ, the very Son of God. Now, to help us see this more clearly, Mark then moves on to contrast John the Baptist's ministry with the ministry of Jesus. John looks like Elijah. Jesus does not. John is by the river Jordan, and Jesus is filled with the Spirit and then driven into the wilderness. John eats locusts and wild honey, and Jesus eats nothing for 40 days. John proclaimed a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, and Jesus proclaims the entire gospel of God. But additionally, Mark notes that John's job is to point to Jesus. So there has to be a transition from one to the other. And Mark does this by quoting John, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. As we read the words that open our text today, John the Baptist is arrested. Mark uses this historical fact to help us see that John's ministry has concluded. His decrease is replaced with the increase of Jesus' ministry and mission. That starts as Jesus proclaims, The time is fulfilled! And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The time is fulfilled. The Greek here denotes a decisive completion of time. The promises of God to send a Savior is recorded in the Old Testament are now fulfilled. The promised Messiah is here now. This is an immense announcement from Jesus. He is saying God is faithful. He has kept his promises and things have changed. For the kingdom of God is now here. This is life-changing information. To help us understand this in context, consider for a moment that you might be held up in a walled city as a vast army comes and surrounds you. And even though you might be safe for this one moment in time inside the walls of the city, your life has just changed. There's a battle coming, And there there is no way that the walls of this city are going to hold back the invading army. And The judgment of the invading king will make you either dead or a slave. Your life has now changed. There is no difference here. With Jesus here, the kingdom of God has drawn near. It is here now. It is at your gates. Jesus is declaring that Satan's kingdom is doomed. The worldly kingdoms are doomed. Even the little kingdoms that we build up for ourselves are doomed. For the Messiah has come to gather Israel to himself. And to establish his new kingdom forever. And what is the judgment of this new king? Repent and believe the gospel. Or be destroyed. You may recall... The word repent means to turn your heart towards God. This is sometimes misunderstood to mean only contrition. That is, to sorrowfully admit our sin. But repentance also includes joyfully turning and finding a loving, forgiving God who longs to welcome us back into his presence. This isn't just a one-time thing, for our primary need to repent is there all the time because of our continuing idolatry. We all turn away and we seek our own happiness. We imagine that our security is found in things other than God all the time. We do it moment by moment and day by day. It is easily seen when I need to win an argument, and my anger flares to force submission. Daily, my heart clings to my success as the secret of my happiness, and if things start to wobble, I grow anxious and controlling. Controlling trying to passively or aggressively manipulate reality for me. But our reality in this life is that we need to live a life of repentance and believe in the one and only Son of God and the Savior of the world, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Believe in the one who is the only path to the Father. We now turn to the call of Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And as we do so, remember Philip last week, who was filled with the joy of faith with the simple words from Jesus, follow me. And remember how Nathanael responded to Jesus' words that revealed to him that Jesus was God. God he, Jesus knew him. Rabbi. You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Today, the response of Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, and John is to immediately leave their nets and follow Jesus. These men left not only the means of supporting themselves, but also the support of their families. And what were the words of Jesus this week? Follow me. And I will make you become fishers of men. Now we need to unpack these words of Jesus a little bit this morning to help us understand more fully what Jesus is saying. And of course the first is to remember that this is the Word of God. The spoken Word of God is used by the Holy Spirit to bring faith and faith's response to that Word. The Word of God is straightforward. There's no beating around the bush and no asking if they want to come. Just follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Secondly, the Greek here that is rendered follow me in the English is an imperative to come. The literal translation is come after me. But this is more than a command to follow. It's an invitation to witness the ministry of Jesus, to learn at the feet of the Lord himself and be a part of something that is so extraordinary, the life, the death, and the resurrection of God's Son, Jesus Christ. But we have to pause here and consider the mindset of the first century Jew. By and large, the Jews were fed up with Rome. And as Jews grew up, they grew up believing that God himself would come and restore their nation. The Messiah would make things right. Right. So these newly called disciples have heard Jesus proclaim the kingdom of God is drawn near and is now here. And as we've already discovered, the new kingdom comes judgment from the new king. Is this promise to become a fisher of men a promise to be part of that judgment? Gathering and sorting men? Will they be sorting Jews and Gentiles or killing and subduing Gentiles and encouraging and uplifting and emboldening Jews? What this phrase means to them is probably quite unclear to us. But one thing is clear. Being at the side of Jesus is going to be the safer place to be. But there's something else to notice here in this literal translation of the Greek, come after me. The words here used for after me actually denote an order. Jesus is succinctly saying that he's going to lead and you must follow. The disciples will always be in second place. But thirdly, This morning, I would like you to see the promise. For Jesus promises that they will become fishers of men. It is as if He is saying, I, the Lord God, will do this. All you need to do is come, and I'll see to the rest. Now, this morning, we're going to try and discover the heart of God so that we might see His heart of invitation We are trying to see how he invites us to join in on the mission to save others. And that is hard to do if the words, follow me, seem like they're only a command. Now, it is true that the work of faith in you requires an answer. If you repent and believe, you will follow the one who saves you, the one who created the heavens and the earth For he actually has the authority to do such a thing. But if this command comes with no choice, we're confused. Because clearly life teaches us as well as Scripture that we are able to resist the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit works faith in you, you are now called to follow Jesus. What is your answer? Will you follow Jesus or will you reject God's call and continue with what you were doing? Before you answer, consider Jesus' promise to make you become a fisher of men. What does that mean? Well, they are plain words that mean you are going to become a fisher of men. But if Jesus' words last week to Nathaniel are any clue, you ain't seen nothing yet. The invitation to follow Jesus is to come and see what God is up to. Chances are it isn't exactly what you're expecting. It's an invitation to discover to discover new things in the depths of God's love for you and for all people. It is an invitation to be part of the working out of the plan of God. God is doing the work of faith and salvation, but He is giving you the joy and the fun of being part of it. For immense joy is found at the end of this process of discipleship. And it isn't just the joy of understanding that you are saved. It is the joy that another has been saved. And if heaven rejoices when one comes to faith, then this is an invitation to share in God's joy. It's an invitation to be part of God's family, to receive and use all the support structures that he gives us in tough times and to find joy in rejoicing together in the good times. It is an invitation to be part of what really matters in this life, for life is only found in Jesus. It's an invitation to be on the only path that leads to the Father, to share in a journey where you will never, ever be alone. It's an invitation to discover the very heart of God to invite. After all, a heart that didn't care about you or love you would never invite you. Now, does this mean you're going to follow Jesus perfectly? (laughs) Of course not. After all, we're all a bit ADHD, aren't we? When it comes to the latest Bible, the crosses are, (gasps) squirrel! We so easily get off on tangents that take us away from mission. But that is why we have the opportunity to lead a life of repentance that reminds us that we have a Savior who is Christ the Lord, the Savior of the world, the one who has gone to the cross of Calvary to pay for the sin of the world. He is the one who has suffered and died and was buried. He is the one who is resurrected from the grave and sits at the right hand of the Father. The one who is coming again to judge the living and the dead and to make all things new. To resurrect us from the grave and make us immortal and imperishable. Living face to face with the living God forever. Can you imagine it? But there it is. What is so scary about becoming a fisher of men? Is it that following Jesus tears you away from your comfortable surroundings and your support systems? Is it a fear of the unknown? Well, we know who holds our future. Is it the fear of rejection or derision or martyrdom? Look at Christ. Is it a fear that we don't know how? Hear again His promise. You will become a fisher of men. I, the Lord God, will do this. Is it a fear that the Lord will not provide us enough Holy Spirit to make us useful? by no means wait a minute isn't that the pastor's job <laughs> well yes but it's yours as well remember to come after jesus is to never be first jesus is still the leader our position is follower We are to follow him and copy him in his ministry. See his sacrificial love for us. And then love each other sacrificially. See him care for you. And then care for one another. See him bring the Word of God and his sacraments to you and his promises, and then bring to others the Word of God and his promises. If we follow Jesus, who puts the Father first and you second and himself third, then put God first and others second and yourself third. To become a fisher of men is to proclaim God's word that brings life. Why would we not do that for each other? It is part and parcel of loving one another. Now if I may dangle a carrot out in front of you, to entice you to follow Jesus. Remember this. Luke tells us that Jesus says, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So follow Jesus and enter into the joy of your Father in heaven. Amen. Now the peace, that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our weekly awakening question for this week is simply this. Think about it. How have you realized the joy of repenting and following Jesus? How have you realized the joy of repenting and following Jesus?